Welcome to episode number 16 of Impact Go Rush. And in this episode, we talk about designing sustainable products for the circular economy. Hello and welcome to the Impact Go Rush podcast. This is the podcast for impact entrepreneurs. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of impact entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka the Sustainable Development Goals. Listen in to fellow impact entrepreneurs on their journey in this new Go Rush of making a bigger impact. Get inspired to learn how through entrepreneurship you can grow your impact to make the world a better place, leave a legacy and live a more meaningful life. I'm your host, Wun Tan. In this episode, I have Erica Purvis of Technical Nature and host of the Circular Coffee Conversation. Erica gives us an overview of the circular economy and her personal journey from mechanical engineer to sustainable design and business coach. If you've missed the previous episode, episode number 15, we had Sue Jackson of Future Proof Your Business talk about how businesses can have a social mission at the heart of their business. Welcome to the Impact Go Rush, Erica Purvis. You are a sustainable design and business strategist. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Wim. Great to be here. Why is it important for businesses to be more impact-driven and working towards the sustainable development goals? Yeah, big question to start off with there. Um, but I think almost, you know, zooming out of our systems and our, and our, our planet and, and, you know, what what's going on, I would say, you know, business really should be a part of of thinking about how do we create health and well-being from all improved people's quality of lives around the world, um, not just to select very much rich few potentially, um, and do that on a on a flourishing planet as well. So alongside government, which you know, when you think about government, you know, what should they be about? Not necessarily just growth and GDP and all of these things that we've got lost about, but you strip it all back and think, well, what what's the point? <laughs> and I think business should really have a point of, you know, contributing, just like citizens, just like government, um, to to making sure that this is a healthy and habitable planet for all now and, and in the future. And the sustainable development goals, I suppose, are the best framework we have to support um, businesses, you know, working out how they can be, um, take that role and using some of them as, uh, you know, their front drivers, you know, connected to their why and their purpose. But also when you look down across all of them, how can they also consider which ones might we actually be having a negative impact and how can we actually make sure that we're not doing that? Otherwise, you know, you'll have some businesses improving one while another one's improving a different one and and then potentially having negative impacts on others. So, yeah, I think it's it's vital that, that businesses are part of our collective um, human goal to, to really Im- improve the lives on, on this planet we have. Yeah, it's so important to, to be thinking holistically and making sure you're not actually harming the other goals in, in, in uh, I guess like unexpectedly. So one of the key areas that you are you're really uh, focused in is really the circular economy. For people who don't know, what is the circular economy? Why is it important to be designing circular products? Yeah, so my background actually is a, a product designer or a mechanical design engineer, and and what I learned about or really started questioning when I was um, even studying it really was this idea of all this stuff that we're designing, that we're creating, that we're, we're selling, people are buying and then doing something with is all made from the earth's resources, which are extracted from the ground. And then maybe at the end, just discarded, 
hopefully potentially recycled, but we don't even do that. <laughs> really great, um, you know, so the, the incineration or landfill and things like that. And when you look at that, that is really what we call almost a linear economy. And that's really how a lot of businesses work these days. You know, they, they concentrate on the, the selling aspect or the design for manufacturing and, and then selling it, but not really looking downstream and, and thinking about the end of life or new life. Um, so the circular economy is really looking particularly around very much at the moment product-based businesses or business models around that and thinking about how do we shift that take-make-waste um, mentality of, of a lot of the, the way that the economy works at the moment to thinking about it more as a circle. <laughs> and if you think about it, it's also sometimes called uh, cradle to cradle or rather than the cradle to grave. So if you think about how could you potentially um, renew products at the end of their life or extend their life or um, make them more repairable, maintainable, modular, all of these different techniques that as a designer or as a business, you should be considering and, and building in as much as possible. Ultimately, to, to, you know, going right back to that front end, to reduce or even eliminate the need to continually extract from our, our from our worlds in many ways from cutting down trees in the amazons and, and all around the world which is the worst it's you know been in, in about 10 10 years to copper mines lithium ion batteries all of these different plate things that are in our smartphones that are in all of our different products you know they come from somewhere and there is a huge environmental impact as well as often ethical um, considerations around some of the ways that we're still extracting and, and taking from the earth as, as well and polluting as we go. So really the circular economy is it's rethinking a lot of that about how do we reduce that demand side, both through better design products, but also you really need to look at the business model and the surrounding systems uh, and infrastructures around it to kind of facilitate that. I know one of the things um, is really uh, different cycles within the circular economy. And I know there's different things that are fairly new, like remanufacturing, you know, th these different cycles that are not as uh, commonly known. Like, could you share a bit about that? Ooh, getting into all the, the, the eco, eco jargon. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's important to, to, to share that. Yeah. There's a lot of different, I suppose, almost circular strategies really developing. A, um, I'm just doing a, a, a course at the moment that's from a kind of a university um, development that has lots of terms around you know, cascading materials where, you know, one product's waste or material might then go and cascade down to be used by another product. Terms like remanufacturing that you mentioned there um, is often used by businesses or products that are then able to potentially, you know, take back a product after it's reached its, its um, you know, useful life or it's broken down or something. But remanufacturing is almost when you completely take the product apart again and re remake it, <laughs> remanufacture it from those parts, but maybe with a few new ones as well. So that there are nuanced terms between, you know, refurbished, which is it's, it's maybe getting a bit more of a facelift and, and partly remanufacturing, but maybe not quite as manufacturing from the beginning of terms like upcycling, where maybe you're taking kind of one product and then 
adding new value to it in a different way, whether it's painting or, you know, I think Ikea and, and, and people and, and businesses like that are now beginning to also integrate some of these other types of business models or terms into some of the, the things that they do. Um, Patagonia just recently have, have been you know, recrafting, they call it, recrafting their fashion. So taking Patagonia colors, maybe taking them apart, but then using the material again to create new ones as well. Um, so for me, to be honest, I don't, I don't get too worried about the naming of, <laughs> the naming of things sometimes, because I think when you, you step back and, and sometimes environmental sustainability can be almost a bit overwhelming or, or a bit like mm. sometimes trying to make something more, difficult than it potentially is yeah and you kind of step back and you say well actually quite a lot of this is common sense quite a lot of this is stuff that generations before or older generations still remember doing make do mend all of these kind of things or refilling you know um that was the norm um a lot of these different kind of ways of of, of living uh, was is the norm still in, in some other cultures or, or places around the world but we kind of got lost in this industrialized, fast-moving economy that it shifted towards with plastics and packaging and you know all of these um, buy and, and continually, um, yeah, buy and upgrade kind of elements. Whether actually in the past and even as a designer and mechanical you know, products from vacuum cleaners or washing machines and things like that, actually they also used to be designed <laughs> to be repaired better or you know maintained and things like that but actually the business models and, and you know things had shifted to to this more kind of fast moving element of, of buying more yeah so they, they tend to be words that are that starts with re <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the r's it's always yeah. an r like you know what should we call it r mm. Cool. You touched a bit about uh, your career path. Like, what is your top tip for anyone who is looking to enter into a career in design, engineering and sustainability? Yeah, I think what's nice is that it is a career now. <laughs> uh, I think before you couldn't actually really find so much of things like that or even in, in uh, product design or engineering degrees, they, they wouldn't necessarily have that. But I have actually seen and actually I work with some universities and you know there is more and more learning earlier on and even down into schools now around um, sustainable design or, you know, ways or roles that you can play a part to create positive change as well. I think for me, I think it's really interesting to think about what success means to you or what, you know, what is happiness, what's your goal? And what you realise is that quite a lot of perhaps kind of education and university, you know, that, that's all that like, oh, get a big job and money and all of this kind of system around that tells you that that's what you should be aiming for. Um, but I think when you step back and you take the time and say, well, what actually is a good life <laughs> for me or, or, or what kind of things that really do I enjoy, give me happiness? It's you know, working with people, feeling that what I'm doing is making a difference and things like that. So I think it's almost, you know, stripping it down. What are those fundamental things that really, you know, get you excited, what makes you happy, but also have that that um, purpose behind it. And then thinking, well, what what route could that be um, to take or, or do that forward? Um, for me, I mean, when I studied and, and did my first start, my first job, I was I was hired as the, the product design engineer, nothing to do with sustainability, but actually my I just brought my my interests or 
went to events, evening things, lots of other stuff that excited me and brought that into my role. And then that grew from there as well. So I think there's lots of different, there's like formal roots and degrees or all sorts of things. But actually, if you're excited and, and you're interested in something, a lot of just reading and yeah, going out and meeting people that are doing things that you're interested in is often a good route. Yeah, I mean, uh, personally, we, we met actually at uh, at events, right? And we've known yeah. each other for many years. And it was <laughs> through these uh, events that we were, well, we, we were sort of part of and then we kind of co-organized. And um, yeah, so it's been, uh, I, I, I think that's a, that's kind of a very important path for most people to to learn and actually step out of the traditional job roles and 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 sort of explore what you enjoy and and learn about sustainability. I mean, I think with sustainability, there's so much change happening and everything is really um, still in flux and like we're still developing so much new new technology, new new approaches. And so, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I, I really. Agree I think. With you. It's quite interesting at the moment to see, you know, the huge rise in public awareness and particularly probably, um, you know, in the in the eco living and in the home lifestyles and what can I do in my my kind of private life. But I think it's really interesting to think about well, what what about all of these people that are beginning to think about what am I doing at home and how does that affect my private life? But then actually, well, what can you take to work and how does that like all of these different roles, really? And, and going right back to your question at the beginning you know, around the sustainable development goals is like, are their businesses or their roles or their work interlinked as well? And I, I think it's quite difficult to to live a life that's or that's not interlinked, <laughs> you know, be one thing at home and super sustainable and go off and do a, a job that doesn't actually also um, align with your values or, or your passions as, as well. So I think it'd be really interesting as some of that filters out into the roles that people are doing in businesses or changing roles and deciding to set up new and I think that's also where you're seeing and where I like actually to work a lot is with with startups and small businesses and almost community grassroots things that happen um, because that that's where a lot of really interesting ideas uh, come from but also interlinked with COVID and things like that we've also seen a real rise in support for local and community um, businesses and initiatives and and kind of thinking about smaller smaller circles (laughs) Um, around that as well. Cool. So, Erica, um, could you share with us what is the circular coffee conversations that you host? And uh, for people who are want to find out more, it's actually a YouTube channel. So, um, could you tell us more? What what sort of conversations are you having? Yeah. So, with um, another friend and co-founder from Reading, where I live, Sophie Segal, we had started voluntarily running the Circular Economy Club in Reading, in the area in November ooh, 2019, um, did a few events where we actually got to meet people and meet up and, you know, back in the day. Um, but but then with um, COVID and all of, you know, lockdowns and things like that meant that we weren't really able to get keep the momentum over going. And to be honest, actually, for quite a few months, we were um, quite tired. Yeah, I think a lot of us <laughs> didn't really feel the energy to, to really get anything going and, and connect but we really wanted to to somehow you know bring people together and and do our what we could to to continue conversations but also create a safe friendly space for people to 
to join from home with a coffee or a cup of tea. And, you know, we've had cakes and biscuits um, all along the way. So we decided to start just a, a simple circular coffee and conversation. It's bi-weekly on a Thursday at 11 o'clock. So the idea is, you know, you can take a break from what you're doing and, and join. Um, we keep them short, kind of 15 minutes chat with a guest and then another 15 minutes or 10 to that the live audience can ask questions and things as well and then stop it. <laughs> and that's, you know, keeping them short and sweet yeah. and that you take a, a, a coffee as well. And also, you know, we've got a mix that we, we wanted to reach out to maybe not the usual um, suspects in the circular economy, but also, you know, really what's who's doing interesting stuff locally where, where we're living and invite them in and, and really kind of profile local businesses or organizations or campaigns um, alongside some other kind of other organizations that might be selling or, or or doing other things around the Reading area as well. So yeah, it's been it's been really nice to have um, a range of a range of people join. Um, we get nice feedback in terms of it's you know, no one needs slides, no one really needs to prepare anything. Although we do ask one thing is for people to bring a circular conversation starter. So a kind of a physical um, object or something that represents them, their, you know, the organization that they might work for, or some of their beliefs around circular economy, sustainable design. So it's always interesting to see what physical object people have brought to really get the conversation going as well. Awesome. That is such a cool channel to be checking out. Um, so if you're interested, please check out the your YouTube channel, Circular yeah. Coffee Conversations. So Erica, to close off, like any final advice for anyone who is listening? Ooh, um, so I think particularly around, I suppose my background as a sustainable designer and, and I've done a bit of kind of soul searching in, in like how to be a designer in a world that doesn't really need more stuff, you know? <laughs> you know what role can, can you you play? And I think the important elements for me that come out and, and through the skills or, or parts that you have are to always question, um, you know, on different levels, you know, from the product level, but second back the, the business and the system level. As a designer, it's quite difficult sometimes because you're working with companies that might have a brief, <laughs> you know, you don't sometimes get to design every, anything you want or you might have great ideas, but how do you, you know, make that happen? But I would say don't be scared to question and see how far or, or where you can take um, somebody potentially on a journey with you deeper into, into their thinking around um, designing new products or circular products and systems. And the other side is, is around enabling and facilitating so so being able to to bring people together and ideas empower others to to create um what what they want i mean some of what i do or, or even just locally where i live it's it's how you can be a, almost a citizen or, or an enabler with your skills to help others design the best solution because often locally or in other sectors you know the experts are there they might just need some help or guidance or, or facilitating like that so i think it's yeah it's an interesting role as a designer that's really cool thank you very much for being a guest on impact go rush uh, great to be here yeah thank you awesome so there you go that was erica purvis of technical nature what's been your biggest takeaway from this episode let us know in the comment section on our social media page if you haven't subscribed yet please do subscribe this will really help us grow our podcast. And if you can think of someone that would benefit from listening to this podcast, please do share it with them. In the next episode, we have Jasper Steinhausen of Auroboros.works. 
and they work with CEOs and executives on their journey towards a sustainable circular economy. If you are a business owner or CEO of a company with physical products, you'll want to listen in to this next episode to learn how you can take your first steps towards the circular economy. So tune in to next week's episode. Thank you very much for listening in to the end of this episode. We really appreciate you. This is the Impact Gold Rush. My name is Wun Tan and I'll see you in the next episode.